It is great to be with you this morning. I had a running start at my day. I woke up this morning at about 3.19 a.m. The devil had me up at I don't know why hour. Has anyone ever had that happen before? I'm going to get back to that story in a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I walked in this morning. I was telling our team, I'm, I'm ready for a fight. I, I was, I was, I was, have you ever gotten a little hair agita- like irritated, agitated by, by something and it's got you ready, like on the edge to fight? I'm not a bad fight. Like I'm just ready to go at the devil today. So I may preach. You go ahead and buckle up if you want. I'm just going to preach today because I feel like we need to go at it. We need to break some things off this morning. And so we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about joy today. And uh, I, I want to share a story with you. When I was in my 20s, some friends of mine told me about this wonderful place here locally. Maybe you've heard of this. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for promoting this, uh, what I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's not like me to stay out of trouble. So there's a place called Box Canyon here locally. Has anyone ever been to Box Canyon? Uh, Box, it's super fun. So I, I'm, I was told about this place called Box Canyon. Box Canyon is this place you walk into, and it's got these cliffs surrounding some water, and you can jump off these cliffs, so I was told, into this water. And I was told it was safe, and the cliffs range from 20 feet. See, so why are you already laughing at me? You already know how the story's going to end. So the cliffs range from 20 feet to about 50 feet, and ranging in danger. And so... Uh, I walked in, and uh, I'm looking, I'm standing at the edge of the cliff, I'm looking down into the water, and I'm going to tell you, this is is what happens. My brain just begins to run wild. (laughs) And uh, here was my thoughts. Now, this happened in a split second, okay? I'm going to explain to you what happened in my brain in a split second. Have you ever had an experience like that? Like, you, you, you're like, have a whole conversation in your head in about a nanosecond. I had this whole conversation in my head, and here's how it went. Number one, here was my first thought. Just jump. Take the leap. It's going to be the leap of a lifetime. Just do it. Everyone's standing around. They're looking down. They're going, yeah, we had heard about this place, but no one had ever jumped into it. So we were like, oh, wow, you know, I'm just standing there. I was like, just do it. Take the leap. My first thought, of course, me loving adrenaline, love doing that thing that's a challenge. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. My second thought was, hey, the other people around me are acting kind of, kind of apprehensive. <laughs> but they told me it was safe. But they were acting apprehensive. It's safe. So we're told. Have you ever had people in your life? tell you all the beautiful things about doing something, yet they don't do it themselves? It's like your friend who invests in cryptocurrency. But doesn't invest in cryptocurrency. They just tell you about it. You should do it. I don't do it. (laughs) We experience this in life sometimes. These voices, apprehension sets in. My next thought, my third thought was this. Stop listening to all the noise. (laughs) Stop listening to all the naysayers. Stop listening to all the voices who are trying to convince me not to take this leap because of this unknown. Honestly, I think this is what happens. I think sometimes when we're standing in situations in our life like I was this day in my early 20s, the voices around us that seem apprehensive, that maybe are noisy and keeping us from doing something that we're looking at doing, The truth is, it's their own fear in them trying to convince you 
to stand in the misery of fear with them. Misery likes what? And my last thought was this. For some reason, I have this deep internal confidence that it's going to be more miserable standing here on the cliff and never experiencing what happens if I jump than if I just jumped. I just had this inner sense of calm. Have you, have you ever been at the edge of something in life and you can, you can feel it kind of rising up inside of you and then all of a sudden there's just this moment of calm and you have a split second. And in that split second, I made the decision I'm, I'm gonna jump. So everyone's still chattering, standing at the edge of the cliff and I just turned around and I walked away. I walked about 15 feet away and they're talking. I didn't say a word. I ran full speed right past them and I jumped straight off the cliff. I hit the water at such a high rate of speed. Let me tell you, when, when you, when you make this jump, you have to jump, number one, with shoes on. Because if you don't have shoes on, the pain of your bare feet hitting the water surface is unbearable because you're, you're falling so fast. The second thing you have to do is you have to be sure to cross your legs. Because if you don't cross your legs and you hit the water, the force will pull your legs apart and water wants to go places and <laughs> no good. So shoes, legs crossed. And you got to keep your arms in because if you hit the water with your arms out, the force of hitting the water will literally dislocate your shoulders. So there I was, hit the water, legs crossed, shoes on, arms into the chest, deep into the water. I don't even know how deep I went. I come up, I let out this loud shout of exuberance. And the crowds, the witness of crowds standing around on the cliffs just let out a roar, which is like my kryptonite. It's like, you can get me to do anything if you can promise me a crowd. Like, yeah. I'm like, you can get me up in the morning. So it's like, it just completely went crazy. I had just taken the leap of a lifetime. But I was almost robbed of the joy of jumping because I was, I was on the edge of listening to all the other voices. Here's a side note. Do you know what's fascinating about after I jumped? Guess what everyone one by one did? They jumped. It reminds me of this story in Luke 139. This is just after uh, the angel comes to Mary, this young girl, the most unlikely person that you would think to choose to bring the Savior of the world to in the most unlikely village and gives her a promise that she has the seed of redemption inside of her and she's gonna birth a young son named Jesus who will be the savior of the world. We talked about this week one and we talked about hope and this is where we pick up in the story where she goes to see her cousin, Elizabeth. It says a few days later, 
Mary hurried. Can someone say hurried? Hurried means to move with excessive speed or urgency. Mary was on a mission. This doesn't mean she was kind of, she picked up the pace a little bit. You know, as when you're a kid and your parents would be walking with you and they'd be like, hurry up. <laughs> it's not just kind of like trot. This like hurry is means haste. haste. It means to move at such an excessive rate of speed that you're showing your sense of urgency and it manifests in a way that everyone else can tell. She was moving that fast to get from where she was to Judea. It says, when she gets to the town where Zechariah lived, who is Elizabeth's husband, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, at the sound of Mary's voice, at the sound of what was being released from Mary as the carrier of God's presence because she was seated with the son of a living God. At the moment that she released the sound of her hello, what happened? Listen to this. It says, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. This is, this is what I want you to know this morning as we spend a few moments together is that God has moved his son Jesus at an excessive rate of speed with a sense of urgency to humanity through being born as a baby to the cross to taking his seat at his right hand for the purpose of redeeming you and redeeming me and giving us the joy of salvation. And sometimes we think God's far off. We think Jesus is far off. I want you to know this morning he's coming after you. And it's with an excessive rate of speed and urgency. That maybe you're, you're joining us today and you're saying, God, I'm going through all kinds of things. I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in a situation where I feel like I'm pressed. I'm at the cliff. And over there might be where I want to be. But where I stand today, I feel the pressure. I can feel it welling up inside of me. I want you to know Jesus is coming after you with an excessive rate of speed and urgency this morning when God moves he releases joy this is important for us to know when Mary moved with God the son of God in her when when God moved toward Elizabeth joy was released the baby leaps she's filled with the Holy Spirit Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy, the scripture says. And then she says something. Elizabeth says, you are blessed. Why is she blessed? Because that she has believed that the Lord would do what he said. Your blessing of joy comes because you believe that God is actually going to rescue you from the midst of your cliff circumstances and take you into a place of joy. Joy is a normal response of God's blessing. But here's what's important to know. Sometimes you haven't birthed the reality of that blessing, but you still need to stand in the joy of it. 
Mary and Elizabeth hadn't birthed John the Baptist and Jesus yet. But yet here you have these women, the most unlikely, the most unknown, the strangest of circumstances. You have these women rejoicing in the joy of the Lord. And they haven't even yet held the blessing of their children. Can you, can you, can you jump for joy even before you see the blessing of it? I'm going to have church up here by myself. They, 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 they had an internal calm. Confidence to say, my countenance is going to be joyful because I have an internal calm and confidence that my God, the living God, is going to deliver on his promise. Mary goes on and sings this song proving that she believes the joy that God has put in her that she's going to birth. That she's, she's carrying the person of joy. She's going to birth the person of joy. So she sings this song and she says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. Verse 47, how my spirit, what, rejoices to be exceedingly glad, to jump for joy. How, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Sometimes your spirit can rejoice although your flesh is suffering. Let me say that again. It is possible for your spirit to leap and respond with rejoice. Although your circumstances have your flesh feeling pressed. She goes on and finishes her song. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her home. They did some pregnant lady stuff. And it says, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, this is John the Baptist, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone what? Rejoiced. Rejoyed her joy. Replayed it. It was reproduced. I want you to know that joy is superpower. Can you say superpower? superpower. Joy's superpower is the fact that it reproduces itself and releases more joy. <laughs> I just proved it. I laughed and smiled. And guess what you did? It's contagious, right? Experiencing joy in life always begins with taking a leap of faith. Trusting God is going to respond and he is going to come through with his promise. He's going to deliver on him. Today, I'm, I'm going to call my message, Joy's Jump, the Leap of a Lifetime. First thing we need to know about joy is that joy is a practice. Now, let me give you a description for practice. It's the actual application. Why is it an actual application? Because <laughs> it's like, oh, joy is out there. I just don't put it on. It's like the ugly sweater contest we just had. Right? You got to put it on. And I want to tell you something. When you put joy on, some people around you that are grumpy, when you want to be jumpy, right? They, they want to come at you and be like, bro, your sweater's ugly. But, like, but no, this is a sweater of joy. What you call ugly, I call a utility and an application. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to wear it. So it's the, to practice joy is the application. I'm going to apply joy to my situation. 
It's the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories relating to it. Man, I don't want to be theoretical about joy. I want to experience it. I want to walk in it. I want to sit in it. I want to swim in it. I want to jump. Like when I'm pressed to the cliff, I want to know that I have a decision to make and I have a choice. I can jump right in the middle of joy. What is joy? I alluded to this a second ago. It's a quiet inner sense of well-being. It's a quiet inner sense (laughs) that you just are firm in. It's a confidence. It's a physical response. Listen to this. This is what joy is. It is a physical response to a victory or something redeemed with what? Dancing, shouting, Ha! <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> Singing, fa la 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 la. <laughs> Spinning, jumping, or leaping. I ain't got to spin. <laughs> Listen to this Zephaniah 3 17. For the Lord your God is living among you, He is not far off, He's right in the middle of your circumstance. He is a mighty savior. He will take, whenever you read these, like he is, he will, these are promises about his character that never changes, just so you know. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with what? Gladness. Now listen, whoa. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. What? The creator of all of creation is dancing and singing and shouting and leaping and spinning with hilarity over your life. He sees what you don't see. You're like, I, I, there's this unknown. He's like, yeah, but I know what you don't know. <laughs> I love the fact that he's, he, the word is exuberant. He's exuberant. It's, it's, it's to be uh, the quality of being full of energy, excitement, or cheerfulness. I like this word cheerfulness. It seems very, very plain, like, oh, cheerful. Ha, ha, ha. Let me tell you what, cheer, the word cheerful comes from the Greek word hilaros. We get the word, guess what word? Hilarious. God is singing and dancing and spinning and jumping and leaping over your life, laughing, not at you, but in the face of the enemy who wants to steal the promise of his joy from you today. That a God that big would pay that close attention to your life, to your circumstance, to your cliff moment, that he would do this. He holds on to this practice. It, 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 as he, when he's doing this, it's this picture of he's, he's literally spinning around and anointing us with joy as he laughs over us. He, it's, it's like, it's this moment. And, and in the Old Testament, this is when anointing of joy, it was called the oil of gladness. This would happen during feasts. So there would be a feast, and, and then it was customary, if you were at this feast, that you would be anointed with the oil of gladness or of joy. There's a famous passage in Psalm 23. Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Have you, has anyone ever heard this? 
you know, God are with me, you know, his rod and his staff, they come from Okay, you get to the very end of it, and he, listen to this, I, I love this. It says that you prepare a feast for me in the presence of who? Enemies. Why would God prepare a feast for you to sit down and eat in the presence of your adversity? Because it's at the feast that he can anoint you with the oil of joy. Why? Because it's with the anointing of the oil of joy that you receive the blessing. Listen to this verse now. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by what? Anointing my head with oil. What kind of oil? Oil of joy. And what's the byproduct? My cup overflows with blessing. God just doesn't fill you. He overflows. God, God, God's not like a limited tap system where he's like, oh, you know, I'm out. It's this constant deluge of anointing oil of joy that he pours over you in your life. Man, you don't understand though, Pat. God, I got this circumstance. I'm like, I get it. You're, you're, you're at a cliff moment. You're in a cliff circumstance. But do you know that you have a pool of anointing oil in front of you that you can make a choice to jump into the promise of. You can make the practice of it. And I love that it gives us the opportunity, James 1, 2, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. Because you're gonna have troubles. But when they come, consider it what? An opportunity <laughs> for what? Great joy. Man, when I see a trouble... Thank you, God. This is an opportunity for me to jump into joy. This is an opportunity for me to choose my response, to laugh in the face of it. He's given us the anointing of joy. He's given you the anointing of joy to jump into as a practice. Joy is a promise, number two. When I just read this scripture in, in Psalm 23, every single part of that passage is a promise. When you're dealing with the pressure, the external pressures, when you're dealing with the things that are coming against you, you're dealing with the work, the relationships, the parenting, you're dealing with the school loan payments, you're dealing whatever's going on, the traffic on the 78 free, you know, I don't know what you're dealing, we're all dealing with something, but we have a promise that God is literally preparing a feast to anoint you right in the middle of that. And joy is a promise. It's a promise that you're going to receive the blessing of joy. So he turns what seems to be, I'm going to use the word curse, from your enemies. He seats you in their presence. He turns what seems to be a curse of your enemy's presence into an overflowing cup of blessing by anointing you with joy. Let me share this passage with you. It's in Deuteronomy 23. There's these guys, it says, no Ammonite and Moabite. Now let me, let me give you a brief background of what's going on in this story. Uh, these guys uh, were supposed to greet the Israelites as they came out of Egypt as like a welcoming committee. They're supposed to be nice to them. It's like if you moved into a new house and there was a welcoming committee that you were promised in your neighborhood and they're like, you're gonna love living here. When you move in, you're going to get warm apple pies and cookies and they're going to throw a party for you. They're going to they're bring you 
things to drink and food to eat, at least for the first month, because for the first month, we all procrastinate and we don't actually unpack the boxes. And so they're going to make sure you're fed. And it's like this promise is given to you, and then all of a sudden, your neighbors fall down on the job. This is what these guys did. They fell down on the job, and instead they did something way different, and they got themselves in trouble. Listen to this. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for 10 generations. That's like 200 years. May be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. What in the world did these guys do to make God that upset? It says, these nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead, they hired Balaam. Now, the name Balaam means foreign voice. It means not of the people. (laughs) So these guys hired Balaam instead to curse you. Here's what a curse is. A curse means vilification or execration. Those are big words. I don't, I'm like, what the heck do these things mean? Uh, vilification, abusively disparaging speech, writing, or practice. They hired this guy Balaam to come against the nation of Israel in speech, language, and practice to do things, to, to try to, the word curse is like, I'm going to use the word ban or box. A curse is, is designed to ban you from stepping into the fulfillment of God's promise. It boxes you into a corner. So let me give you a picture for this. This guy was hired to take the promise of the land that they were supposed to go into. If you had the promise of being able to roam in the land freely, and somehow I convinced you that you were boxed into, you had been banned from all the other land, and the only land you could stand in, you could live in, you could reproduce in, that you could draw life from, was one square inch of all of the land that you had been promised. That is the picture of what curse means, to be boxed into a corner, to be banned. And these guys tried to hire a foreign voice that was not the voice of the people. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that sometimes we end up listening to the foreign voice that we weren't created to listen to, and we need to listen to the real voice of the people, and that's God's voice. And what does God say about my life? And what does God say about the land that he's called me to? And what is God saying about the relationship? What is God saying about my children and my children's children? What is God saying about my money? What is God saying about my relationships? What is God saying about my city? What is God saying about my neighborhood? What is God saying about about who I am? What is God saying? Enemy's trying to curse you. I love God's, but the Lord your God refused to listen. This this idea of listening is he refused to hear with any attention. It's like this. The enemy's talking about you. The enemy's in your ear. You're standing on the cliff. He's in your ear. He's telling you all these disparaging things, all these lies he's telling to you. God is like, this. When, when God hears it, God's like this. I'm not, I don't even hear you, bro. The word means noise. It's just noise to God. He's like, I don't even, I don't even hear you. That's just noise. 
I think sometimes what happens is, is we listen and we pay attention. And we begin believing and we buy in to the disparaging speak and the narrative and the practices that the enemy has. We start believing the curses when they're not ours to carry. And you know what I know for sure? When the enemy wants to bring something to your doorstep and tries to curse you with it, he's actually trying to bring the very thing that he's been cursed by. He wants to bring you into company with it. See, I was woken up at 319 this morning, and when I woke up, I wasn't happy. I was like, why am I awake at 319? Like, God, did you want to speak to me? And I'm, I'm laying there, and it's like I, all of a sudden my brain just starts. And, and I, start, I start thinking about, of all the things, I start thinking about all of the mistakes that I, I had made in circumstances. I started thinking about how I wasn't probably worthy enough because of these mistakes to step into some things. I started, I could feel myself at 3.19 a.m. this morning sinking into my mattress with this weight of oppression. And I, and I, I, be, I began to listen to the lies that the enemy, and, and so, I, so I'm up since 3.19. And, and I'm like, God, why did you have me up at 3.19? He's like, this is, I, you're experiencing what people are experiencing. This is, a, this is something that humanity is having to deal with right now, but you have the ability to break this. God, how can I break this? Huh. It says, he turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. And as long as you live, you must never promote the welfare or the peace and the prosperity of the Ammonites and Moabites. My God, how can I stop this? How can I break this? He said, stop coming into agreement and trying to make peace with all the things that you have seen. You know, sometimes with your circumstances, we, 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 we get this like, like psychological speak. and We're like, we just need to make peace with it. Nah, I don't need to make peace with death. I don't need to make peace with your lies, enemy. You just need to make peace with it. No. In fact, God tells me not to, not to try to make peace or not to bring welfare and prosperity to the voice of my enemy. And that is how we defeat it. And that's how we step into our blessing. And our blessing is joy. I feel like some of you are stuck on the cliff of curses today. You're stuck in a moment. You feel like you're boxed in. You feel like you, you don't have a choice. You have nowhere else to move. The noise in your mind is so loud. You're hearing everyone else's voice, but you're not hearing the voice of God. God wants to break that today. He wants to bring the freedom of joy. He wants to bring the promise of joy to you today. 
And lastly, I want you to know joy is a person. Hebrews 1.8, but to the son, he says. Now, I'm going to give us some, some language around this verse so that we understand who's talking about who and about what. But to the son, Jesus, he says, he is the father. So the father is saying to the son. God the father is saying to Jesus, but to Jesus, God the father says, your throne, O God. God the father calls Jesus God. He says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. How long does God's throne endure? So, so let me get this straight. I can bank on the throne of God that endures forever and ever or a throne of lies that has a life expectancy. I'm going to bank on what is forever and ever. I want to bank on the voice of God. I want to bank on that thing that is forever, that never changes. The person of God in Jesus. He says, you rule with a scepter of justice. <laughs> I love it. Justice. You know what? Like real justice for you and I is joy in the middle of circumstances that seem actually inappropriate. It's inappropriate for you to feel joy in your heart right now. You should be feeling that. Don't, 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 don't tell me how I should feel. I am not making peace, bringing welfare and prosperity to that lie. I'm gonna stand, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna leap. I'm gonna take the leap of my life into the middle of the joy that God has for me. <laughs> he says, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O oh God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. This means that Jesus Christ, as your Savior, has been anointed with the anointing oil of joy to a degree more than any other person will ever. And here's what I know. When I find something that is like the, the place, the resource, that's what I want to plug into. I don't want to show up to a gas station that doesn't have gas in its tanks for me to fill up my car. Let us stop showing up to things that are built to fail because they're man-made and we're trying to plug ourselves in and we're trying to fill our joy tanks, our fuel tanks with things that, that, that are, they, they burn, they're, 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 they're fossil, they're, they, they, they have no life. We need what endures forever. So this makes him the person of joy. And so I want to be connected to him. I want to tap into that. And so in Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. God, you will show me the path of life. It's in your what? Presence. Can someone say presence? It's in God's presence. It's in the presence of Jesus. When I jump into joy, when I jump into, the, when I make a practice, then I jump into joy. When I grab a hold of the promise, then I jump into joy. When I jump into that pool of, of joy, when I jump in with the person of Jesus, it's in his presence is what? The fullness of joy. <laughs> fullness means fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is the ability to overflow through reproduction. 
Like if you have an apple, do you know what you're actually holding in your hand? You're holding an orchard. Because within that apple, there are seeds that you can take and plant and you can grow more apples. Joy can be grown. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And you can grow your joy when you decide to take that leap and jump into it. When you decide to make it a practice, when you grab a hold of it as a promise and you join the person of joy in Jesus Christ in your life, you have the ability to grow joy in your life. Let's stand this morning. Let me ask a question. What excuses are you perhaps listening to as you stand at the cliff at this poignant moment in time? God is giving you the opportunity to jump in. He's giving you an opportunity to jump into a relationship with him. And maybe this morning, maybe you need to start there. Maybe it's, I need to start with just a relationship. I need to live in the rich relationship, the rich soil and the rich relationship that I have with Jesus Christ because I need to grow some joy in my life. Sometimes you just gotta laugh at things. Man, my wife and I were having an intense marital discussion yesterday. if you know what I mean. And we, we had some of our kids in our minivan and we were parked. And she said, I'm gonna go return this. She went into a store and was returning something. I was looking something up on my phone. I, I look up and I see her and my 16 year old laughing hysterically. Now, minutes before, it was no laughable mood. It was like marriage counselor on dial, like we have an issue. Get to Urban Outfitters in, <laughs> in Encinitas, stat. We're having some intense fellowship in the parking lot in our minivan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're laughing hysterically. And I, and I, I was like, wow, that, that's a change in demeanor and countenance. And they, they, they opened the door to the van. As they, as they opened the door, they're laughing and telling me that my wife had mistakenly jumped in the car with some other person. Which, by the way, the car was not even the same make and model as the car that we were in. And I said to her, woman, I mean, she, she said, she said, I like opened the door, threw my purse in the car and was like, grabbed the thing and was like, whoop. And like, she, you know, she was like half a cheek in, you know, she was like getting in the car. And this man looked at her in the driver's seat and he said, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 hey. I said, what made you do that? It's not even the same make and model. She listened to it. I love the voice of the Holy Spirit through my wife. Now, this is my wife and I's love language to one another. You're gonna understand what I mean when I tell you what she said to me. She said, well, I didn't look at the car. I just saw that there was a crusty old white dude who looked grumpy. 
wearing a beanie sitting in the driver's seat. So I just assumed this was my car because you're a crusty old white dude who gets grumpy. And I said, Holy Spirit, speak. Come on, right now. Oh, man. And we, we sat there in the parking lot and we laughed. We cried. I almost wet myself. It was so good. Do you see what laughter does? You know, that, like, like, that's the physical response that God has given us to combat all of the oppression that we can find joy in the middle of our circle. Sometimes we just need to say, can we, can we just laugh at it? <laughs> like, we need to have an Urban Outfitters moment. Can we just laugh at this for a second? Some of us need this in our lives. Some of you need that today. You need that kind of joy. And you need the Holy Spirit to intervene with you when you're stuck at the cliff of a curse. And you need him to, like, step in and give you the ability to laugh in the face of it. <laughs> like, this is, this is funny. <laughs> this, I, I'm, this is hilarious. This is Greek funny. This is, I'm going to be, I, this is hilarious. I'm laughing at you, devil. I'm going to dance and I'm going to say, I'm going to join God in rejoicing over my circumstance right now. I'm going to laugh at you, devil. Devil, you don't have anything on me. Devil, you don't have anything on me. Yeah, Lord, you're praying right now for Thomas. Thomas, I just pray right now that God restore the joy of your salvation. I pray that God take you back to the beginning moment, that, that everything you've walked through the last year and a half, the last two years, I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit comes and literally your spirit would jump right now with joy. That all of the things that the enemy has tried to steal from you and rob from you, and you have been working hard to, to literally uh, break the hard ground and you're trying to sow seed and it's weariness and you just go, gosh, what in the world? And God is saying, I'm, I'm restoring your joy. You thought you were planting something else, Thomas, but you were planting the seeds of joy. The Holy Spirit is planting and bringing to harvest right now joy in your life. Joy over you, joy over your businesses, abundant joy over your businesses. We want to pray for abundance sometimes, and we forget we need abundant joy. We say we want abundant blessing, but we think it's money, but God's like, I want to bring you abundant blessing of joy. Come on. Who needs some joy this morning? Ha. Would you just laugh at it? <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray in general for all of us. I'm going to release everybody, and then I'm going to give an opportunity for some of you um, that can stick around and just get some prayer from our ministry team. Let's everyone just close our eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. Some of you in the room, you need to step into that rich relational soil of coming to the person of Jesus Christ as your joy. Today, you need to say yes to Jesus. And maybe in a, in a first time way and maybe in a renewed mindset. But if that's you this morning, I wanna pray for you. Could you raise your hand? Raise your hand. You just need a refreshed mindset of joy in your life. Amen. Amen. God, I pray right now there would be a refreshing that 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 the coolness of of uh, man. When I hit the water, when I jumped off that cliff, the water it like woke me up. That there would be a wake up, a freshness, a coolness. There would be a wake up in our spirit here today in the lives of the people that are saying yes to you to a greater degree. But, but we wouldn't make excuses standing at the cliff of a curse any longer. We would grab a hold of joy and we would run with it. 
If you need prayer this morning, we want to continue to pray. We've been praying for a handful of weeks for miracles in people's lives. We've been seeing and hearing amazing stories, joyful, joyful stories. If you need prayer for healing this morning, if you need prayer because you feel stuck this morning, we want to pray with you. And so as I pray and I just release everybody, um, I would encourage you to come forward and get some prayer from our ministry team. For the rest of us, God, if you feel, if you feel like uh, this is an honorable thing to do for you, you can open your hands up. God, I just pray right now that as we open our hearts to you, you would help us to run wild in the streets releasing joy. That our church, our family, would be known. Like people would say, I knew you were from Movement Church because you're so joyful. That we would respond joyfully. We would be, respond joyfully in our generosity, in our communities, in our cities. We would continue to be able to bring um, to the young men and women in our cities what's needed, like literal needs, real needs with real solutions. That we would be able to bring joyful resources. God, that we would be able to move into the next handful of weeks full of joy, knowing that as we move in joy, we're releasing it and we're reproducing it. There's something powerful about this. That if I'm a follower of Jesus, I should be the most joyful person in the room. I can be a grump or I can jump. And God, I, I'm convicted because I'm known as being a grump apparently because my wife just saw a grumpy face and jumped in the wrong car. But Lord, minister to my heart, minister to our hearts here today. As we move from this place, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. In your powerful name. Amen and amen. Here, here are three, real quick, here's some real practical things for you guys. I want you to, this week, I want you to practice joy. I want you to smile. Everybody, can you try it real quick? Smile. <laughs> okay, I want you to smile. Is how you're going to practice joy this week. I want you to write five things down that you're joyful about. I don't have five. Find five. You have five. You have more than five. Get ungrumpy. Okay? Come on, Scrooge. We're going to find five joyful things. I, then I want you to take those five things. I want you to get in prayer with God and say, God, thank you for these five things. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to laugh more. You just, in the, just look at yourself in the mirror and just, just start laughing. Just look and laugh. Like when you're kindergarten again, you know, someone starts laughing in class and then you start laughing and then all you get in trouble for laughing, the teacher tell you not to laugh, but then she starts laughing. Just laugh. It's gonna seem inappropriate, but I'm just gonna encourage you, laugh. Smile, write five things down. Give thanks to God for those five things and just laugh. Amen? We'll see you next week.